Hi, welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood, Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited that you have decided to tune in. If this is your very first time listening, welcome. And if you are a repeat listener, welcome back. I'm just so excited that you all have actually been taking the time out to listen and share your feedback. So, if you didn't catch last week's episode, I'll bring you up to speed a little bit. It was actually um, about dating. I had a chance to sit down with Dominique, who is a matchmaker, divorce mediator, and life and relationship coach. And we left off at the part where Dominique was actually talking with one of her clients and she gave her advice to pick out a tie and bring it over to a guy to spark a conversation so that's all I'm gonna say and if you missed it go back and catch it it was so good she dropped a lot of gems and we'll get right into the conversation She goes over there. She asks, you know, he kind of laughs at her. Like, this is an ugly ass. Because it was. It was a very bad tie. <laughs> that was the point. You know, you don't want to get a good tie. He's like, yeah, that's good. And now and y'all don't have it. anything to talk about. No. Right. You have to be strategic. Oh right? Oh, my gosh. So yes. Get this ugly tie and she takes the tie over to him. And, you know, he's, and they're both laughing about it and everything. And he shows her another time. And then he shows her, like, um, the little lapel pin to get and uh, that whole thing. And they're talking. I mean, like, they're having a full-out conversation. Before I know it, they exchange numbers. And they went out the following weekend. Wow. She would have never talked to him. She would have never talked to him. Right? And so those are the kinds of things that I do. I have a group of women. It's called the meetup. I have five to seven women. You know, we go through all of this kind of stuff, talking points, your wardrobe and your image and uh, exactly where these individuals might be. And then we go there. Like, I literally take you there. And we do these type of exercises. You see somebody that you like, okay, fine. Either I'm going to send you over there or I'm going to go over there and, and break the ice for you, one or the other. Wow, that's amazing. So now is this like for um, maybe like a specific age or is it just for um, anyone who's interested? Um, it's really for in those, the boot camps and um, the meetup is for any age group um matchmaking is normally 30 and older Um, my matchmaking clients are normally men um i've had maybe one or two women inquire but they're usually men and then um my database is open to women and that's usually 30 and up okay that's interesting any specific reason why you chose starting up or is that kind of like the ones who are actually looking um to be yeah that's usually usually the ones that are looking are you know 30 um i'll be 30 this year but anyone under 30 usually um with my experience they're kind of like no 
I kind of want to play around a little bit. You know, I don't want anything yeah. serious. I don't want to settle down. I want to, you know, actually experience life, live life. You know, 30 and, uh, and over, um, and really the sweet spot is normally 40. Um, 40 and older, you know, you've accomplished your goals professionally and educationally, and, and now you're ready to kind of settle down and, you just suck at dating. You suck at choosing the right one. And so you don't mind bringing in that help. You know, anybody under 30 is like, huh, I got this. I can do it. You know, I don't need any help. And that's great because I felt the same way in my 20s. So I completely understand that. But those that are, you know, kind of between 35 and 40, usually like my clients, um, they have put love off for so long. And some of them have been out of the game for so long. They, they're like fish out of water. They don't know what they're doing. They either choose the wrong ones or, you know, they get some and they're the right ones and they do something to self-sabotage those relationships. And so you, you know, you kind of need um, someone to hold your hand along the way. And so that's pretty much what I am. I'm, I'm a head hunter or a heart hunter, if you will. And I help you along the way. Like they have access to me via text message. Like you can be on a date, literally, and you're like, oh my God, I don't know what to do next. And you text me, I'm going to respond back to you. Because I want you to see, like, I need this date to go really well because I need you to be in this relationship. Y'all are good together. You just kind of have some hang up. They have some hang up. And we're going to, together, we're going to work this thing out. Yes, that's so good. So I guess like moving forward, um, since we're talking about dating and everything, what about online apps? I know, um, you know, you said you really have to be strategic about this whole dating thing. So I think, I don't know if you listen to my leak, but she has a podcast and I believe on one of her episodes, she was saying that she considers um, like these apps as an introduction, right? So a lot of people Mm kind of stray away from online dating, but I've also heard of some people who actually have found, you know, that person uh, via an app or an online dating site. So what do you think about them? I think they're great, to be honest with you. Um, They are uh, introductory type of services. Um, It gives you an opportunity to kind of, like I said, you're your own love scout. You're your own matchmaker. You sift through those accounts and you do have to use your better judgment. Um, Like anything, it has its own sets of pros and cons. Um, one of the cons I know for most of the dating sites, they don't run background checks. And so, you know, sometimes you have married men on those sites. You have a criminal or someone with a criminal history on those sites. And so you have to be mindful of, um, exactly what it is that you're getting into with those sites, but you know, the eHarmonies and the tenders and, you know, plenty of fish and all of those kinds of sites, they have produced um, 
some success stories, you know, people that have been married and, and gone on to have children and things of that nature. So I, I think it's just a matter of preference. You know, some people get overwhelmed by the process, you know, all that swipe, 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 like you get tired of swiping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you get tired of swiping and, um, you know, Sometimes you get some good ones, and sometimes you get some some not-so-good ones. I personally have never tried a dating app or a dating site before, but I'm not against it. Yeah, I haven't either. I just thought I would ask it just to kind of see what you thought about it. But uh, moving on to, like, single parents who are working professionals or who actually call themselves busy, um, I know sometimes for you know, those working professionals that may be of higher stature, um, they require Mm -hmm. certain qualities, right? You have to have a lot of patience, Mm -hmm. you know, just different things. So what do you think? I don't know if you could give some advice as to women who are maybe looking to date someone who's a successful businessman or something like that. Um, What kind of qualities should they possess? Oh, my God. I just wrote a blog about this. Really? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't have to go and check it out. I did. I I literally just wrote a blog post about this um, last week sometime. And um, the title of it was, You Know Not What You Asked For. Oh, I'm going to have to link it so, in the notes. I'll put it in the we, notes. So you have, have to give it to me so I can yeah I'll send it to you um but the the shortened version like you really don't you don't know what you're asking for it's nothing wrong with dating um those kinds of people engineer CEO um, the president or vice president of anything you have to be mindful first of all that um you do have to be patient you absolutely have to be patient and sometimes what our our idea of romance or romantic is not going to happen with these busy professionals. Sometimes, you know, your date is only going to happen if he pencils you in, you know, and that's not very attractive, right? That's not sexy. That's not, uh, you know, something you see on TV, but it's very realistic. Right. It's very realistic. You have to be um, empathetic. I think uh, what a lot of us don't understand is is that these professionals, you know, your doctors and your lawyers and your engineers and your CEOs, sure they have power and they have position and they have money and they have um, prestige, but they also have anxiety. They have, uh, some of them have depression. Some of them have a lot of stress and some of them may battle with um, emotional or mental issues that you have no idea that they deal with, right? We know that attorneys have a high level of uh, suicide rates as well as depression. There are also doctors that have been reported who have high levels of, who've reported high levels of depression. And so you have to be mindful. Do you want to deal with that? Can you love somebody through that? You know, uh, you have to be selfless. You have to be selfless. Meaning, can you put your 
wants, not your needs, but your wants on the back burner for their sake. Because nobody wants to hear that they're failing their partner, right? Do you really have to go out three times a week? Can you settle for one time a week until they kind of get over the hump? How, how good are you at praying over your partner, your spouse, your doctor, your lawyer, your engineer, your CEO? When they make you mad, do you immediately go and, and spit venom to your girlfriends or your mama and your auntie? Or do you get on your knees and you pray for them? Can you ask them what's going on with them and actually listen? Don't feel like you got to fix it. Just listen, because some of us just need somebody to listen to us. We, we don't need to fix it. We just need somebody to talk it out with. Right. Can you be that person? Are you prepared to be that person? Because we all, you know, we all want the, the glitz and the glamour of being with these professionals. But you have to get down and dirty, too. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people really consider that when they're just saying, I want a man that has money and does this and that, you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you don't even take the time to think about what that really looks like for you, you know, what you're going to have to deal with and all of that. And so, I don't know, I guess, you know, it's just something that people really need to consider. And that article that you wrote, I'm sure it's helping a lot of people, so... Yeah, I had an attorney um, read it, and she's like, oh, my God, I have to read this because I'm an attorney, and you are absolutely right. You know, that's that's the the thing. It it was a piece in there about um, how all of these different people are grasping at them, and they're grasping at them for their attention, and can you deal with that? You know, do you have enough self-confidence to deal with that? Because... It's going to happen. The kind of person that you say that you want, that doctor, that lawyer, that whomever, when you go to social events or or when you're on the phone, sometimes they got to cut that conversation short because they got to meet that they got to get out to. Or sometimes when you're at an event, you got to hold your own because he has to go and and be awarded for something or, or go and rub elbows with somebody because they're trying to get money for whatever. Can you deal with that? Sometimes these professionals are around other women. Can you handle that? And we don't think about those kinds of things when we're asking for um, professionals um, in that manner. But those are all very real instances that I think any woman needs to be mindful of before you kind of venture out there because they're they're out here there's doctors and lawyers and and entrepreneurs and and all of that they're they're out here but what do you do when you get them i always say it's easy it's it's very easy to obtain a relationship right it's super easy keeping the relationship is tricky part yes that is so true Yeah, I think, again, people just need to realize what they're actually getting into or actually what they're asking for before they ask for it. It's, you know, that saying uh, where, you know, they say you should be careful what you ask for because it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, you ask for it, but is this what you really want, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. um, 
so I'm going to get uh, into a little bit about uh, what actually influenced you to become a matchmaker, a certified divorce mediator, and a life and relationship coach. And I know you said, um, you know, it, it was kind of your previous experience that kind of, you know, shaped this and you just wanted to help other people. But what was that driving mm -hmm. factor for you? You know, that, I don't know, light bulb went off and you were like, okay, I'm doing this. You know, I am going to take my experience and help someone else. Um, well, actually, back in 2010 or 2011, I um, kind of had found these little these little clues in my life. And when we start talking about, you know, passion and things like that, I, like most people, struggle with what am I here for? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? And I literally went through a lot of things like, do I want to be a teacher? Nope. Don't want to teach. Do I want to um, be a astronaut? Right? Absolutely not. Do I want to be a doctor? Because I went to school and, and I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician. And I was like, nope. You know, those science and math classes, they just are not for me. Okay, cool. So then I started to... Um, kind of see little things here and there like Iyala Vanzant, she was on um a Oprah um it was a super super soul Sunday episode that she was on and I just I loved her. I was I was so intrigued by, you know, just her wisdom and I was like, what in the hell did she do? And so I went and I Googled her and she's a life coach, you know, and she was, all, she's also an attorney. She's not a practicing attorney anymore, but she's a life coach. And I was like, wow, that's dope. I've never heard of a life coach before. So I did all of the research on that. And at the time I could not afford the certification. So I was like, okay, this obviously is not for me, but it kind of stuck with me. And then a few months down the line, um, I was watching some things here and there and that's when blogging was like, I'm sure blogging had been the same, but it, it, it became a thing to me at that time. And so I was like, okay, well, what in the hell is all of this blogging about? And it's really just you putting your thoughts into the internet atmosphere. And I was like, I don't know how comfortable I am with putting my, you know, my business out there. <laughs> for everybody to read because right. you can't get that stuff back once it's on the <laughs> internet. Right. And so, um, you know, I was led to um, Paul Carrick Brunson, who was the first African-American matchmaker at the time. And I watched some of his um, YouTube videos and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like people are actually doing. So I saw him before I had even seen Patty Sager. So then I was talking to a friend of mine and, and she was like, oh, that's like the millionaire matchmaker. And I was like, what the hell is that? So I get on TV, it was on Bravo, and I was like, people are actually doing this? Wow, okay. And so um, I was fascinated with how they were, you know, changing the lives of these people. And I've, I've always been the go-to person for relationships. And I knew it, it had to have been something when my mother 
<laughs> my mother asked me relationship advice and I was like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> and then I was just like, okay, well, this isn't, because you have to remember, this is not your traditional career field. And so I pretty much talked myself out of it. Um, fear and, and a multitude of other things got in the way. And so I said I was going to go back to school. And so I went back to school and I went back to school for business, I think. And I was like, this just isn't gelling. Like, it's not coming together. And so I dropped out of school. And then I went back. And then I dropped out again. And so when I left my daughter's father, um, I had always been an insurance agent and I had started working for State Farm and so um, it was at that time that I remember just kind of feeling like I was in a twilight zone you know you get up at the same time every morning and you go to sleep at the same time every night and like it really began to feel like I was in a time warp because I was seeing the same car every day or seeing like the same picture every day. It it was almost like deja vu every single day. And so I remember getting out of my bed and I was pacing my apartment and I was crying and I was like, you know, there's so many things that I've done in my life that I could have been taken out or I should have been taken out. And you kept me here. So I need you to kind of like reveal to me what in the hell am I doing here? Because I feel like I'm wasting time. At this time, I got to be maybe 24, 25 years old. And so um, I started getting these little little clues, little hints. And I ran into something about marriage and family therapy. And I was like, well, what in the hell is that? So I took a marriage and family therapy course. Well, actually, I went back to school. Excuse me. So I went back to school. I re-enrolled in school. And I majored in psychology with a minor in sociology. And so I ended up taking a class in marriage and family therapy. And I fell in love. Like, I was obsessed with um, marriage and family therapy, but how it specifically affected the African-American community. And so that's where a lot of where my... um, my qualitative um, research papers lie from African-American men to over-sexualized African-American women. So all of those different things are what I study in school. I'm still studying those things in school. And so um, I was like, well, this is going to take some time for me to be a marriage and family therapist. I'm very impatient. And so I said, you know what, it got to be something I can do right now. And I ran across something else, and it was divorce mediation. And I'm like, well, what is that? So I looked that up, and it was a certification that I was able to take at um, Northwestern University here in Chicago, one of the most prestigious universities in the country. I took the 40-hour divorce mediation training. It was very intense, um, and I was the only non-attorney, non-judge, non marriage and family therapist, psychologist, counselor in that room, right? I was like a fish out of water. And um, I ended up like my third day, the judge, the the circuit judge of Cook County, um, she was like, I really think that you should be an attorney. And I was like, what? And she was like, you will be an excellent 
divorce attorney. And I'm like, hell no, I'm not going to law school. <laughs> I'm not going to law school. No. She was like, no, you, you really don't understand. You, I've never seen anything like it. So it's like when a judge tells you, you should be an attorney, honey, you take it and run with it. Well, I did. I went and I started looking up law schools and what I needed to do and started studying for the LSAT. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I took my hat off to all attorneys. I don't care what kind of law you practice. They are the SH and the IT. You hear me? Because that damn LSAT alone, I was like, yo, I'm not doing this. No, I am not doing this. And then I wasn't passionate about it. You know, it was certain things that I was passionate about, but other things I was like, no, like this doesn't feed my creativity. And I'm I'm a creative um, at heart. And so I just, it wasn't, there wasn't a connection there for me in terms of an actual law degree. And so the divorce mediations um, that I facilitated, they became emotionally draining, right? Because you have two individuals who are hurt and they want to win, right? That's all they see is me, 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 I need to win to hell with you. And as as a mediator, you have to be neutral, right? So there were certain things that were happening in the mediations that I did not personally agree with. And I could not allow my personal um, experiences and my personal feelings to interfere with the job. And so I, I, I stopped. I quit cold turkey. and um, eventually moved on into single parent coaching. So that's when I went and I got my certification to be a life relationship, youth, family, and parent coach. So I went through the training and I did the training. And um, what I found to be a common um, issue with all of the women that I was coaching and really it was more so, you know, kind of helping them get a grasp on being co-parents. That was initially what we were doing. The conversations always turned into them wanting to start dating again, them wanting to figure out how to balance it all, them wanting to know if there was a such thing as having it all. And so I was like, well, you know, that that do kind of feel like home for me because what I, what I came to realize in terms of coaching them um, with the co-parenting structures and things like that, I could not relate to them. Right. I couldn't relate to them. I've, I've gone to court. I've seen custody battles. I've seen men cry and break down and fall to their knees for their child and a judge tell them, no, you can't see your child or you have to increase the, we're going to increase the child support or, you know, I've seen those things, but they did not happen to me personally. So I understood in those moments that, and, and what I honestly believe is, is that there 
there has to be a place in your business where your experience and your education are married. When I was working with those women, I was going based off of my education and not my experience. So it was very hard for me to empathize with them and to really kind of connect with them. But when it came to their relationships and dating, I've been single. I've also been in a relationship. I've been in a bad relationship and I've also been in a very healthy relationship. I I know where you've been and I know where you can go because I've been there. And I'll tell anybody, I don't do married people. I have married friends. They do ask my advice from time to time. And I'm very careful with that because I don't know the first thing about being married. I like to stay in my lane and ride the hell out of it. So I know what it's like to be a single mom. I know what it's like to be a single mom dating. And I know what it's like to be a single mom in a relationship. And I know how how it is to be a single mom in a relationship navigating those waters and making sure that everybody involved is is, is happy or in a place where um, they feel safe and they can thrive and, and everybody is on one accord. And I didn't have any drama or anything like that. You know, I had real conversations with my daughter's father about his wife and his wife meeting my daughter and my significant other meaning, you know, our daughter. I had those conversations. You have some people that will say, oh, I don't owe him anything. I I don't have to tell him that such and such is meaning our child. I disagree. I disagree. If you want to keep the peace, I'm not saying you having a conversation with that person does not mean you're asking for their permission. It means that you're letting them know that a complete stranger is going to be around you all's child. You don't have a right to hold that information from that person because what I've seen happen is, is that you don't feel like you have to tell him, but you expect for him to tell you and God forbid, because we all know after a certain age, kids talk. And I mean, they sing like a canary. They tell all your business. The last thing you want is for your child to come home to you and tell you that, you know, I met daddy's friend or I met daddy's girlfriend or whomever, and you don't know anything about it. And what I've seen happen time and time again is that you first start with parental alienation and then you go on to court and you start making up lies and things in court because sometimes it's about power. Whereas if you just have an honest conversation and say, hey, I'm dating somebody things are getting serious, um, I think it's time that he meets the baby, you know, whatever, and this is when it's going to take place. Now, would you prefer to meet him first? Some might say no, and some might say, yeah, I prefer to do that. And, And you make that happen because you're the common denominator here. It's your responsibility to keep the peace as much as you possibly can. Right. And so with those women, I realized that the co-parenting was more so my mediation training than it was, you know, my my personal experience. But the dating, I was able to navigate with ease. It was it was absolutely nothing um, for me to talk to them about how they get from point A to point B and then make a plan for B to Z. And so it worked out. And I said, well, you know what? I think I want to start working with single um, women, uh, single mompreneurs, 
um, or single mom professionals who who really do want to have it all. You just don't know how. I, do, I absolutely think that we can. You know, I look at Beyonce and I'm like, shit, she's the epitome of having it all, right? Why can't you be your own Beyonce in your own life? Right. Why can't you have the child? Why can't you have the career? Why can't you have, you know, the dope spouse that supports you? Because you can. There are plenty of women who are doing it. They're not put on the cover of magazines or, you know, on the gossip blogs. Of course, we don't we don't talk about those kinds of things. But I know those women. I know plenty of women who are thriving. And it takes, you know, some some balancing and some getting used to. And you don't acquire all of those things at once. You might get the man first and get the business later. You might get the business first and get the man later. But it's very possible to have it all. And I think that when you have a partner who believes in you and roots for you and wants those same kind of things for you, it makes it that much easier for you to attain those things and maintain those things across the board. You know, the date nights and and sometimes even like um, busy professionals, I always tell them because I had one young lady tell me that the guy she was dating was jealous of her and her business. And I asked her to break that down for me. Well, what do you mean by jealous? Well, he wanted to spend all of his time with me and he didn't understand that I had a business to run. So you telling me you run your business 24 hours a day? You you don't believe in automation, huh? That's an excuse. <laughs> right. That's an excuse. And to accuse him of being uh, jealous, jealous as opposed to simply wanting to spend time with you, which is what a lot of women complain their man doesn't do, um, is poor judgment on your part. He's not jealous. But there is a way to deal with that. If you have a deadline that you're trying to reach, you ask him to help you. You'd be surprised at how many how many of our partners just want to be included. But some of us are, are artists and we sensitive about our shit, right? Yes. It's my business. I, I don't I don't want your input because I fear that you're going to say something that could possibly um, hurt my feelings or whatever. You can't do that to your partner. That's what a partner is. He might not be a business partner, but he's still your partner. You got an idea for an ebook, run it past him. You got an idea for a website copy, run it past them. Because you never know. Sometimes you need fresh eyes on those things. Sometimes you need somebody to look at your stuff and be like, yeah, that's dope. Because you'll be on 10 if you tell you, yeah, baby, that's dope. Like, I like that. Oh, you you ready to go in. Yes. Pumped up. Right? You You want to be able to have those type of conversations with your partner because – you don't want to evolve and end up leaving them behind and then you blame them for being left behind. You didn't include them. And the same thing can be said about them. Sometimes they need your input. Sometimes they need your fresh eyes, your experience, the things that you've been exposed to. Sometimes those things you can use to help them. So I was like, I wanted to show them or, or help these women see that it's okay to be successful. It's okay to, you know, be independent and, you know, 
get your sister soldier on or whatever. But it's also okay to have a man in your life. It's also okay to, you know, be a mom and, and balance all of those things because it's very possible. And that job or that career or that that business venture, it, it can only feel so much of you for so long. And the same thing is to be said about our children. You know, like I said earlier, some of us use our children as crutches, but don't you know your child get older? And the older your child get, the less interested they are with you? Because they will start experiencing life. They want to go and hang out with their friends. And the only thing you're going to be good for is, can I have a cell phone? Can I have some money? Can you take me to the mall? Can you take me to do this? Can my friends spend a night or can I go spend a night? If you have toddlers, waiting until your child goes away to college is a long time for you to start dating again. <laughs> yes, you are absolutely right. That, that's a long time. Why would you do that to yourself? Who told you you have to do that to yourself? Forgive yourself for the bad relationship mistakes that you've made. Identify what what part you played in those bad relationships and vow not to make those mistakes again. And then you forge ahead. Because who you are today is not who you were before. You've evolved not only as an individual but as a parent. And so you have to be mindful that you're not just dating for yourself. You're dating for your child. So whoever you pick, not only do they have to be the shit for you, they have to be the shit for your for your for your kid. Yeah, say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> you know, so it's trying to wait until your child goes away to college. Even if you try to wait till your child goes away to high school, why would you do that? Like my daughter is six, and and thankfully, she, she met my significant other when she was three, and. That was a blessing within itself because she was she was still young, and I tell people this all the time: when, when your children are young, they don't they don't know that this is different, right? Like my daughter doesn't understand the concept of a co-parenting relationship. She has she has four parents, and people look at me crazy like four parents. Yes, my my daughter has four parents, and I'm okay with that. I am a-okay with that because it does not take anything away from me and it does not take anything away from my father. She has four people that love her, that that's invested in her, that want to see her do good, that, that want to spend time with her, you know, and so she gets the best of both worlds. She has no idea that this is not normal. Not having your father live in the same household with you, she don't know that that's not normal. So the easier, the 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 sooner you start, the better off it'll be. Because what happens, too, is is that, and I've seen this, especially with, like, older um, older people, you get so consumed with your child's life. You all in their business. Get you some business and leave them alone. <laughs> you, you don't want to be that parent. You know, you really should dress like this and you really should say this and you really should do this. And I think you should date this person. I think you, you're projecting all of the things onto them that you wish you had did. Some single moms are still bad. Like, I mean, got a bad body and everything. And you just, you know, you're not doing nothing. You're just going to sit in the house. <laughs> you you just going to watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse seven days a week, huh? 
no, baby, you got to, you know, you, you got to get on out there. And if you don't have the time, then you invest in a coach or a matchmaker or whomever that can help you with kind of streamlining the process that way you don't feel like you're wasting time. Because I get it. You know, I, I completely understand that some some of us really don't have the time. You know, we want to. Um, but if I can get you to at least carve out an hour to meet somebody, I'm okay with that. You know? Yes. So time is very important like you stated earlier and then being strategic about it so you just have to get serious and know what you actually want I think so that's the main thing and then just go from there just do it mm-hmm. absolutely so I think that is all of my questions and thank you so much like I've really learned a lot just oh, no problem. to you and um, I, I definitely think a lot of women will benefit from this and they'll learn. You dropped a lot of gems. And so if you could just take a moment to tell the listeners where they can find you, where they can connect. And then if they are actually interested in the Love Scout, is it called Love Scout program? Yes. Um, they can find me on all social media. That's Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn, um, even Twitter, even though I'm not very active on Twitter, um, it's Defazier and Company. That's D-E-V-I-V-I-A and Company. Um, my website is www.defazier.co. And um, if they are interested, now, if you're interested in being in the database, which is um, where I usually start for my matchmaking clients, you can text Defazier to 31996. That's D E V I Z I A to 31996. That's to be put inside of our database. Okay, so we won't reach out to you or contact you or do anything with your information unless we have um, a matchmaking client and your profile matches what it is that they're looking for. As far as um, the meetup is concerned or even um, coaching, one-on-one coaching or the Love Scout program, they can find that information on my website um, where we'll work together in an intensive atmosphere. Usually it's a group atmosphere um, and we'll work together anywhere between three to six months depending on the needs of each group member. And um, it's usually $150 um, per participant, but um, in February for Valentine's Day, it'll be $47 for that. And that's the Defazier Singles. Um, and like I said, that's a group atmosphere. It's usually about five to six ladies, and you get to work with me one-on-one. I, I'll answer all of your questions. We'll do some coaching. We'll also do um, some image consulting as well, and then we'll get a good idea of what it is that you're looking for by utilizing um, the journal that I created, which is the Love Lounge Journal for Singles, and then once I can identify the men that you are seeking and where they might be, I'm going to give you tips to um, scout that man and hook that man and go on a date with him and hopefully you all get into a relationship as long as you follow the tips and and things like that 
Awesome. Now, what about um, anyone else? Because I know I do have some listeners who are not single moms. Like, are you just strictly for single moms or? No, not at all. Okay, awesome. No, singles and single moms. Um, single moms is usually my, or actually is my specialty, um, just because I'm a single mom. But I, I talk to single um, women all the time. Um, we just kind of omit the the child part of it. But, yeah, if you are single, um, whether you're a single mom or not, you're single and you want that assistance, you want that guidance, you're you're not afraid to say, hey, you know what, I'm my way of doing things is, is not working. So let me try something else. Then you definitely want to consider Defazier Singles. Um, it's a program, a very intense program, and um, it's very beneficial only because you have a group atmosphere. You have other women that are in the same boat as you. And they are there to hold you accountable. And you have those conversations, those very candid conversations um, that only women can have. You know, you are able to be very honest with one another and kind of express your fears and your concerns in a very safe atmosphere with me. And I'm very transparent and I'm very honest and and very raw, (laughs) as you can tell. And so I don't hold back. Right. I like that. (laughs) because I really want them to win. Like, I really need you to succeed in this thing. And so um, being in a very small group like that allows me to give them the attention that they need. Awesome. So awesome. So, again, what I think you're doing is amazing. And like I said before, I I definitely think a lot of people will benefit from this. And um, I'll be putting your information in the show notes so they'll be able to click and you know, go to your website and check out everything and then connect with you on social media. So is there anything else that you want to add? Oh, you know what? No, I think we covered everything. This was really great. I'm I'm very happy uh, to be on and I hope to, to come back soon. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. I would love to have you back. I will say good night to you. And okay, I hope thank you. Good you. night to you too, hon. You are welcome. Okay. Thanks again. No problem. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you didn't get to check out part one, go back and check that out. I will say this again, but Dominique dropped a lot of gems, y'all. Um, I know for me, I learned a lot just by, you know, having this conversation and listening to her. A lot of the things that she said made plenty of sense some things that I haven't been done and some things that I actually have done and tried so if you didn't get a chance to write some of these things down maybe you can go back and replay it when you have a chance and take the time to write some things down especially if you are wanting to get back out there in the dating world or if you've tried it and you've been having some issues so if you thought this was helpful and you learned something please share. You can share via Instagram, Facebook, or just tell somebody that you know. I would really appreciate it, and I'm thanking you in advance. So for those of you who have been messaging me and telling me how you've enjoyed the podcast, take the time to actually put that in iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play 
wherever you're listening just leave me a comment and let me know what you think you can connect with me on instagram at single black motherhood and you can visit the website i have some blog posts on there with some helpful tips and i also have a shop where you can purchase some mom inspired teas and until next week thanks for listening bye